Welcome to The Future Built Smarter, a podcast in which IMEG engineers discuss innovative and trend-setting building and infrastructure design with architects, owners, and others in the AEC industry. I'm your host, Joe Payne, and with me again today is Mike Lawless, IMEG's Director of Innovation. Mike, uh, how's your week been? It's been good. Great to be back, Joe. Today's episode takes a look at the hospitality industry, the first in a series of episodes featuring IMEG's market leaders. Today's guest is Bob Winter, our Director of Hospitality and Client Executive for IMEG in Southern California. Bob, hospitality took quite a hit during the pandemic. Can you tell us what things uh, look like at this point? Well, last year, 2022, was a tremendous year in the market for uh, design and construction uh, as the occupancy rates recovered during that year. And they're now uh, in very good shape and continuing to improve, uh, at least at 2019 levels, which seems to be uh, a record year against which uh, occupancy rates are compared. I have seen a, uh, a little bit of a headwind this year with some of our projects just because of the cost of construction and the cost of money that has put a number of projects on hold or slow to start. So it might not be as good of a year for us in the design market as 2022 was, but there's still a lot of pent up uh, opportunities that are coming online, just maybe a little more cautious in the first quarter. So what kind of projects are, you know, in this environment of, of higher costs and higher cost of money, what are, what are folks building? What's their, what's their priority? A lot of our projects that started last year, Mike, are in resort environments. Uh, there's been a, a delay in the top 25 markets across the country, which are, are the major urban markets for recovery, just because those rely on the travel, tourism, the business uh, environments to recover, which many of them have. But uh, the resort communities, uh, we have projects in Northern California and Monterey. We have projects in the desert out here, Palm Springs and in mountain resort areas, and even some of the tertiary cities in the country that uh, are looking for new development. That's where we're seeing our projects. So the, the top 25 cities, I guess, you know, there's there's been this trend too around working from home. And so some downtowns are a little bit more empty. Is that is what you're saying there? Is that impacting the hospitality industry as well? Uh, not so much that as travel and tourism, the business travel has to recover in order to bring the conventions back to major cities like New York and Chicago. Tourism has to return to restore the occupancy rates to places like San Francisco and New York, the coastal cities. So that needs to happen too. So, Bob, in terms of infrastructure and, and interiors and uh, the changes that have come about because of the pandemic, what, are, are, are facilities feeling, looking different than they were before and, and, and how, in what ways? Yeah, that's a good question, Joe. Uh, very interesting topic. During the pandemic and right afterwards, projects that we had in design 
really took a hard look at uh, the MEP systems in particular, how we were treating the air quality in the space, how we were filtering the air. Even energy recovery was being scrutinized. Is it safe? Are uh, COVID viruses traveling through the air? There, there's so much discussion about that. And most of it has gone away. It's just no longer a topic of discussion. It seems like the most uh, long lasting impact has been the improvements of the filters and the guest room units, which is really a small piece. Uh, it's, uh, we're, we're much more impacted by code changes for energy efficiency in, in the buildings. It's great to hear we're not talking as much about COVID and, and air movement. You know, that's that's a positive. What kind of things are, as you're doing these resort properties, what kind of things are folks excited about? What features are they starting to think about to help sell that experience? Well, for us, it, it's really uh, code-driven changes for efficiency of equipment and for the use of PV. Uh, a lot of projects here in California were hastened through to get in for permit before the code change because this year the, the code's going to mandate not just PV ready but actual PV installations and battery storage for power. Electrification is a huge issue that's going to cross the country. Uh, it's interesting in that respect we're, we're designing buildings that only have gas to serve the kitchens. Uh, chefs are gonna be the, uh, the slowest to wanna pick up for electric uh, induction cooking. And that's quite understandable. I think there's gonna be a lot of burnt food in kitchens as uh, <laughs> a method of cooking is, is figured out. Bob, I think you mentioned we talked before that the concept of wellness is uh, is is really expanding. Is that the right term for it? Yeah, I think there's always been a, a subset of the the a hospitality community that's focused on wellness. COVID might have had an influence on it because guests were looking for evidence of wellness in the hotels they visited. So it might've even become softened. You, you wanna smell a fresh sense when you walk in, you might wanna see biophilic uh, expressions in, in the lobby areas. You might wanna see the sign that says, we're bringing in uh, more outside air and we're filtering the air better, but that's really not what wellness is. Uh, historically, from my observation, wellness has always been in the market, but it's probably becoming more pronounced. And many of the major brands have wellness hotels that are really more retreats. And they can be located in places like Sedona or Palm Springs or mountains, even the wilderness settings. But they're also in you know, your top urban markets too. And they're a place where people can go to experience various uh, mind and body rejuvenation at, uh, at one level to a much more focused healing and recovery experience where you actually have 
medical staff and physical therapists. So it's, it can be anything from a, a detox to diet and nutrition learning to uh, post hospitalization stays, massage therapy. Uh, it, it can really run the gamut, but it is becoming very popular. If you do a web search for wellness hotels, you'll see the major brands, a lot of boutiques, and it's, it's really across the globe that you can find these retreats. How, how does that change the, the layout of these facilities and the infrastructure that you need to do some of these more wellness type activities? How does it change how they're, they're designed and constructed? We, we need to incorporate our systems to support the program of these facilities. And the program is really what drives the wellness, but there might be kitchens, uh, actual cooking kitchens for the guests. So we might have that as a feature in some of these properties. We certainly want to have the, the lighting systems and the control in the guest rooms really optimized so we can continue on with you know, the, uh, a healthful environment and optimal control is, is really key. And that, that's something that we see at the guest room level. And Bob, you told me a while back about your family history in wellness. Uh, can you tell us about that legacy? And I think it goes back to uh, your great grandfather in Eastern Europe. Is that right? Yeah, that's that's true, Joe. And that that was uh, really a focused healing uh, application. One of the first wellness resorts, uh, retreats, perhaps in the world, and. That facility was built in 1912 uh, by my great-grandfather. They actually leased the property that was uh, in existence before the hotel back in 1889. But this is a location in Pishjani, Slovakia. It's called the Thermia Palace. That's built on natural hot springs and there are mud baths and uh, people from throughout Central Europe would go there for treatment of rheumatism, uh, especially. And that's still what it's, uh, it's used for today. And, and isn't there a, uh, there's a statue there of your, of your great grandfather, is that right? Yeah, that's right. So as you cross the bridge onto the property, there's a man breaking his cane. And that is, uh, uh, it's either my great grandfather or his son, but uh, that's, uh, symbolic of the the retreat. I, I find it interesting that we're talking about future trends in hospitality, and we circle back around to the late 1800s when similar similar things were being done. Yeah, it is it is interesting. It's uh, the, the giant circle and repeating history, but uh, it's a it's a spectacular looking place. I was actually there when. Slovakia, when it was Czechoslovakia and still communist country. And, and, and that hotel, the Hotel Thermia, and it's still operating today? And It, it is. And it's, it's not just a wellness retreat. It's a, a very popular hotel. Yeah, I got a kick out of seeing the website that you shared with me and came across a section called the Winter Era. Which, yeah. <laughs> That's unfortunately uh, long gone. Yeah. 
It's no yeah. longer in the family. But then, didn't your didn't you say your grandmother, or was it your mother who who went into the into the industry as well? Yeah. So my grandmother, uh, who married into the Winter family, left Slovakia during world the beginning of World War II with her three sons, uh, one of them my dad, and relocated to Chicago, where she was the first general manager of a hotel in the United States. That was the Hotel Pearson on Pearson Street, which is currently the site of the Ritz-Carlton. Oh, and here you are. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's been an interesting journey for sure. As director of innovation, I can't help but ask Bob is like, so we've seen this cycle and wellness is definitely, you know, on the rise. What other things do you see, you know, where do you see this, this industry headed as we look to the future? I'm looking for a return of the market strength uh, as maybe not as strong as it was last year since uh, the prior year things were so slow, but there's still great demand throughout the country for more hospitality. Once we can figure out the cost of construction, I think we'll return to uh, more urban settings, but the a lot of properties are refreshing themselves and there's there's been some brand changes as properties were sold and acquired by other brands so we're, we're seeing a lot of property improvement uh programs that we're responding to you know bob as we look to the future esg environmental social governance it'll be really interesting to see how that potentially influences the the resorts and the and the hospitality venues to maybe be a little bit have a little bit better impact on the environment. ESG is going to help to to drive the direction of many of the programs and and projects that we deal with. You can look at all the major brands and they have their ESG reports and you can go into the properties and just see some evidence of where this is going with the elimination of the miniature shampoo, soaps, and et cetera, in the guest rooms, uh, the absence perhaps of bottled water in plastic containers and filtered water stations throughout the building. So there's certainly focus on that as well as uh, energy goals for net zero for some of the brands by 2030. They're big consumers of energy for sure. And water is huge. And when you look at the potential for waste in hotels as well, if we can tighten up on all of that, we'll have a much, much better model. Bob, thank you uh, for, for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys. I look forward to doing more of these. If I'm thinking about traveling, Bob, I should be calling you more often. <laughs> to get ideas on where to go and and where to stay. So I, I might be able to help you out there, Mike. <laughs> that was Bob Winter, IMEG Director of Hospitality. We'll be back with another episode of The Future Built Smarter. Until then, thanks for listening and take care. <laughs>